Thank you, worship team, for leading us. And uh, uh, just wanted to uh, introduce myself. Uh, I'm Warren Weeks. I'm the Minister of Education and Administration here at church. And uh, I'm reminded of a, a quote by Carrie Newhoff, uh, who's a leader uh, and, uh, of pastors and stuff. And he said, people are de- deeply disappointed when they show, show up at church hoping to find God but get us instead. He was trying to encourage pastors, you know, always, always lead people uh, uh, to the Lord and not, not talk about yourself. But I was uh, thinking about that tonight. I hope you're not deeply disappointed when you uh, tuned into the podcast or you came tonight thinking that uh, Brother Tim was going to be here and found out that I was speaking and say it instead. Uh, but uh, let's begin tonight uh, by talking about the uh, uh, church mission statement. Rod quoted part of it already. We see Woodburn Baptist Church is a family of Christians that loves and welcomes everyone, shares the gospel of Jesus Christ, and serves God through worship, teaching, and everyday acts of service. We see in that uh, uh, purpose statement, it wasn't just, uh, you know, just something that they threw together. Uh, it, was, it was already in place before I came. Uh, but Brother Tim said they spent a lot of time talking about that and, and the wording of that. But uh, if you'll look, we see the five purposes of the church here. Woburn Baptist Church is a family of Christians that loves and welcomes everybody. That's the purpose of fellowship. Shares the gospel of Jesus Christ as a purpose of evangelism. And serves God through worship. Obviously, that's worship. Uh, serves God through teaching would be discipleship. And serving God through everyday acts of service would be uh, uh, ministry. And you might ask yourself, uh, uh, why is that important? Well, it's important because it really defines who we are as a church. Activities and things that are outside the scope of those uh, five things are not things that we're about or not things that we are trying to uh, do or, or accomplish here, here at church. Also, it uh, helps uh, remind us uh, that as small groups, we exist to fulfill the five purposes of the church. And it's not, uh, small groups are not just uh, a program, they are the church. And so we're, we are trying uh, to do that. Because uh, small groups and the church work together to accomplish uh, the work of the church. We find several places in, in the Bible that show us the importance of small groups. And one example is found uh, in the Old Testament, uh, Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 to 26. This passage was recently preached by Brother Tim when he was in the Exodus series. And so I'm not going to read it to you uh, again, but we'll just uh, briefly review that for you. If you remember uh, Jethro, he was Moses' father-in-law. He came to see Moses and uh, brought his wife and, and children with him, and he stayed for a few days. And he observed that Moses' routine was to uh, go at er- early in the morning and, and sit by a, a tree, and everybody came and lined up to talk to Moses, uh, and Moses would inquire of God to uh, help dis- uh, settle their dispute or answer their question or, or uh, do what they needed to do. And so uh, Jethro observed that all day long. At the end of the day, he, he told Moses, he said, Moses, you're tired and everybody else is tired because they've stood in line all day and most of them have not got an answer to their question. So he said, I would suggest that you uh, find some faithful men and form uh, groups of 10, groups of 50, groups of 100, and groups of 1,000. And so different people would be over different uh, sets of uh, people and different sets of leaders. And so uh, Moses did that. And uh, uh, we sometimes think from just reading the scripture that all these guys were doing was uh, uh, resolving fights or squabbles or, or different uh, uh, things that, 
in the community there, but actually they were uh, performing a great ministry. They were ministering to folks, helping them understand the law of God in their daily lives, and also helping them do community together, and sometimes friction would occur, and they would have to settle disputes and stuff, but they did that in a godly way. They were performing actual ministry. If you remember Tim's question from that sermon during the Exodus series, he says, why is this passage even in here? You know, we were going along different stories of the Exodus and we just come upon this uh, passage uh, there. But I think uh, as I thought about that and, and, and thought about it, this as being an example, I think God wanted us to see the benefits of small groups and teaching and ministering to people. And he included that in there and laid that foundation uh, for us. And that goes to our, our uh, next slide. It's discipleship happens best in the context of a small group. And that's what I want us to talk about uh, tonight. If you would turn in your Bibles to... Uh, Exodus chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. We'll explore the uh, uh, passage of Scripture there, which is known as the birth of the church. And uh, follow along with me as I read uh, Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. It says, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and a prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you at uh, this time of our worship, Lord, to just ask that you speak to us through your word. Lord, we've already felt your presence and power through the singing of songs and, and uh, Lord, in our worship already. Lord, help, we just pray, Lord, you continue to speak to us. Lord, help us to focus our minds, focus our hearts. And also, Lord, just uh, uh, be willing to uh, follow you and what your spirit is saying to us now. In thy name we pray. Amen. Let me give a brief context to the passage we just read. Luke was the writer. He was, uh, uh, he was an apostle, so therefore this is an uh, eyewitness account. Chapter 2 is the day of uh, Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit had comes and, and believers begin to uh, speak in tongues. It was uh, amazing uh, because uh, they said that those in, that heard them talk, you know, realized that these people are speaking in our native language. We hear the gospel in our native uh, language, and so they were excited to that. But there also there were some there uh, that were negative, and they said, these guys are just drunk. Well, that was the motivation for Peter to stand up and begin to preach a sermon uh, to refute that. And the result was 3,000 were saved that day. Now, as soon as I read that, the math nerd kind of kicked in in me, and I thought, 3,000 people, that's, that's amazing. Uh, 3,000 people repented of their sins and were baptized, and obviously somebody was counting. I think it was probably one of the early believers named Warren, but I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> I think that's awesome, though, that somebody was counting. Uh, probably uh, more than that, decided to follow Christ. We don't know how Peter uh, 
ended his sermon, how he gave some sort of invitation or response. You know, he didn't, we don't know if he raised their hands, asked them to step forward or whatever, but we know 3,000 people uh, stepped forward, made the commitment, and followed through with baptism. These people were all in. And so I think as we think about that, uh, that uh, is significant for us in, in thinking about the, the text tonight. Because they were together, uh, then in their homes, it was just natural that they gathered together in small groups. And so this is uh, one of our uh, biblical uh, basis for, for small group uh, ministry that we have today. And these uh, small groups accomplish the purpose of the church. And let's take a look at that now. The first one is discipleship. Verse 42, we read, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Discipleship was more than a program uh, for these new believers. It was their life. It's what they did. They were eating every day, and so they just incorporated the Christian life into their activities that they were already uh, doing and involved in. Also notice that they were devoted to the apostles' uh, uh, teaching. Everybody probably didn't go and hear the apostles' teaching that day, so I imagine that some heard it would come back to their group or their home where people were gathered around and said, hey, let me tell you what I heard today, what the apostles, the story they told today. And so they would come and tell that and, uh, and, and, and people would talk about that and think about, well, how does this apply to my life? Or tell me what was the significance of that? What do you think Jesus told that story for, or told that parable? Or why were the apostles uh, wanting us uh, to know that? And so they learned together and they applied that in their lives. And I think it's a, a significant uh, point that uh, for think about as, as small group uh, leaders, you know, these guys that come back and were leading these groups didn't know everything, but they just passed on and led discussions and talked about the things and they learned together. And that's the importance of small groups. We also see that prayer was an important part of their time together. And it's probably both individual prayer and also uh, corporate prayer uh, uh, together. The next uh, purpose of the church we see was worship. Uh, in verse 43, it says, Deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. The best example of the word all that I remember is the uh, uh, 2003 Gulf War. Remember the strategy that we had, uh, or the Allied forces had there, was shock and awe. Uh, it was written that there was a tactic to show overwhelming power and spectacular displays of force to paralyze the enemy. And so they would, they would do all this, and so the enemy would stand in awe of all that power and stuff and then uh, uh, surrender. And so I think, you know, when we think about the apostles uh, here in this passage of Scripture, they did miraculous signs and wonders, and all the people could do in response was just look at that and think, wow, isn't God great? Look how God is working uh, mightily uh, the Spirit in their lives and it made them want to have the uh, same thing. They wanted, uh, so their worship happened where they experienced God's work in their lives. Thanksgiving, praise, uh, requests for God to do great things uh, for them, and desire for God to work in their life was part of their worship. And I'm sure the apostles uh, uh, used these miraculous signs and wonders uh, to lead the people and to uh, encourage uh, them to, uh, that God could do this very same thing in their lives as well. The third uh, purpose we see is ministry in verse 45. It says they sold their properties and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They were willing to sacrifice for the benefit of others, and they gave both their money and time. 
They were willing to use what they had to help each other out in difficult situations. We sometimes, though, look at this passage and think of it as a communal living, but instead everyone kept their possessions about willing to use them for the benefit of others. I remember a, a, a man that I knew back in South Carolina uh, told me, that, you know, we all, all ought to hold our possessions with an open hand. And what he means, meant was, you know, we always ought to be willing uh, to give what we have and to serve others and, and to allow people uh, to use those things. I think it's a level of discipleship uh, that is hard for us to achieve because in uh, today's world we hang on so tightly to our possessions. Sometimes at least I do and I'm and guilty of that. But we see uh, a ministry here at these, uh, in these first groups. The fourth purpose we see is fellowship in verse 46. It says they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They lived in community with one another. Small groups are about community, meeting the need that we all have uh, uh, to be known and also uh, uh, to know others. And so it was a, uh, the word fellowship here can be also defined as sharing in a partnership. They considered themselves partners with, with Christ, so therefore they were partners with one another and brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage and love one another and hold each other accountable and help each other learn. And I think there was an excitement there and a, a, a fellowship uh, that was very great in these groups. And finally, we see the fifth purpose of the church, evangelism, verse 47, where it reads, All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. Their faith was attractional. I don't know if that's a, an official word or not. My word processor says said it wasn't, but I left it in there anyway. People wanted to be part of the movement of God. They wanted to be part of what they saw uh, uh, going on here. And notice in the uh, verse, uh, it says, each day the Lord added. So it wasn't just Sunday. It wasn't just coming together. It's each day as they lived the Christian life, people were coming to know uh, Christ as Savior as these groups exist and loved uh, one another. The church is born here, and what a great example it is uh, for you and for me. And small groups were a part of that. I also want you to notice the pattern here of uh, temple courts and house to house. They spent times in large group worship, but they also spent time uh, in small groups. Uh, large gatherings uh, for worship and teaching were important and accomplished a purpose there. But the house to house and the opportunities to live out and learn uh, discipleship and have opportunities to express all the purposes of the church were an important part of a small group of ministry back then as it is today. Our small groups still uh, work today, and I wanted to show you our small group ministry purpose statement uh, up on the screen here next. Uh, it says, our goal is to connect every person in our church to a healthy small group for fellowship, ministry, worship, learning to share their faith, and growing as a disciple. And you can see that we have the five purposes of the church there, but it's in, uh, a couple of uh, key phrases there. We want every person to be uh, in a group. That means members, uh, attenders, those who are part of our church online. We want everybody uh, to be in a group. And that means we have to have a lot of different groups. I remember when I was growing up, it used to be this way. Uh, we would always have uh, these uh, Sunday school high attendance campaigns. Where we encouraged to invite folks to come and be a part uh, of Sunday school. And uh, one of the aspects of that was we were encouraged 
to invite people that came to Sunday school to stay for worship because at that time more people came to group time than they, than they uh, came to worship. And so all that, in, uh, I'm 59, so all that in my lifetime is, is, is flipped over and now we have more people in worship than we have in groups. Uh, in Kentucky, as Kentucky Baptist, we uh, 40 per 60 percent of our worship attendance comes to some sort of group in our churches and so our church kind of falls in line with that as well. And so we have a, a, a great opportunity uh, to, to get people involved in, in, in uh, groups. Our goal would be to have more groups than we have in worship. And we think about, well, Warren, how are you going to do that? Well, we're going to do it one group at a time. And so uh, I encourage uh, uh, to, to be involved in a group. And that also takes group leaders. We also, uh, in our definition, uh, de- defined it as uh, we want everybody to be in a healthy small group. Well, that begs the question, what's a healthy group? Well, a healthy group is a group that balances the five purposes of the church in the group life and also in the life of every group uh, member. Think with me for a moment, you know, if we, let's just imagine a group and all they did was fellowship. Well, they might know each other really well. They might enjoy having a good time uh, together and really, uh, uh, you know, have some really uh, uh, a good time each time that they met, yet... We don't see any evangelism, don't see any ministry, don't see any real discipleship taking place. And so the group is not balanced. It's just uh, it's, it's not, a, not effective in accomplishing its purpose. And so when we think about our, our small group ministry mission statement, we want real discipleship to take place, and that's our goal. Just want to share real quickly, though, my own personal experiences uh, for uh, uh, small group ministry, because I believe small groups are still awesome today. I'm involved in, in two groups. I, I attend a group. I'm just a member on uh, uh, Tuesday mornings at 530. Uh, uh, we meet in the fellowship hall. I've been in that group for over six years. Uh, three of us are, uh, three of the eight that uh, meet every Tuesday are, are the original members. Bill and I have sat next to each other in that group for, for six years now. And so, uh, it's the highlight of my week. It's not a burden to get up and be, up, be over here at 530. And uh, in fact, I usually come at five just to, <laughs> get to spend, spend some more time uh, with the other. But I love those guys. They love me. And we hold each other accountable. And through the, uh, that time, we have, we have certainly uh, uh, grown as disciples and I think have uh, uh, really uh, tried to accomplish uh, the mission statement here. I also lead a group on Sunday night at my home at six o'clock. And I live right across the street uh, from the church. Uh, but it's an awesome group as well. Just want to share just a couple experiences with that. My group this, uh, this Sunday is uh, uh, 6 o'clock. We're meeting at my house, but we're all going to uh, go drive our cars over to Hopkins uh, Nursing Home and sit outside on the grass and chairs outside my mom's window and uh, eat cupcakes because it's her birthday the following Friday. She'll be 90. And uh, I wish I could say that was my idea, but that was theirs. And so uh, this is just an awesome group of people that, that uh, uh, love uh, uh, me and, and love uh, my mom in that way. And I just thought that was uh, special. Also, uh, just uh, share, you know, somebody in our group shared, you know, their struggle with depression. And I think it was a real significant moment in our group because people realized, hey, we can share our struggles with each other. And somebody shared about their own struggle and, and was an encur- tried to you know, encourage uh, 
the group member there. And so I just think it, uh, it's, an, it's an awesome uh, group, and I'm proud uh, uh, to be the, uh, the small group leader. But uh, I just wanted to also say that every minister in our church leads a group. Uh, it's not a requirement, but it's part of uh, who we are and what we believe in. So every one of our uh, members, uh, excuse me, every one of our uh, staff ministers uh, uh, leads a small group because it's something that we believe in. And also just uh, let you know that our pastor uh, is a member of a group. His group, he meets with a group uh, that they meet on Tuesday nights. And uh, he's in, involved in that, but also he leads a group here at church. And so uh, it's, that's one of the great, uh, uh, I take a lot of pride in that because a lot of my colleagues struggle with the fact that their pastor uh, does not, is not involved in a group or anything. And so it's, it's a great uh, uh, impediment to their ministry and, and so they, they struggle with that but I'm thankful that uh, my pastor uh, uh, is supportive of, of groups and participates himself and also uh, uh, leads one just wanted to share as we close a uh, vision for new groups think about this could we reach our neighbors our co-workers our friends those we go to school with if they came to our house for a small group meeting rather than coming to church the first question we ask new small group leaders to answer is, who do you want to reach or who do you want to be uh, in your group? It's not a uh, question of exclusion. It's a question of inclusion. Who has God laid upon your heart that you want to see uh, grow and, uh, and grow with you and also have opportunities uh, to care and minister together with? And so it's uh, the first question we ask but I wanted to think about uh, what, what's the next step uh, for you. Would you be uh, willing to join a group? Uh, I wish I could stand up here and say I, this is exactly when we're going to begin, but we don't know. We're, we're still struggling with that. Our plan is to maybe start with uh, next month with some groups, uh, but we can't say that for sure. We have two groups that currently meeting here at church, uh, one outside and one inside. And so we have some groups uh, starting uh, back again, and we have a lot of our uh, small groups uh, still meeting uh, in homes or, or uh, meeting with Zoom online, and so thankful for their faithfulness in, in doing whatever they can to do uh, to meet. We're also planning a fall series in October, church-wide study together. We'll do together in small groups, and so hopefully uh, all that will come together as well, and we'll be talking about that more in the future. I just encourage you, if you're in a small group already and not currently uh, meeting, uh, you might uh, uh, find out some plans and see what the plans for your group is when uh, they plan to start back. But also, one of our biggest needs is that we need small group leaders. Uh, I'm just wondering if you would be willing to be uh, trained uh, today to be a small group leader. All our new small group leader training is, is online, and we've, we've been working on that during this time of uh, COVID when we were, were here at church. And so uh, you can view it on your own, and then we'd be glad to talk to you about leading a small group. And so we would uh, uh, encourage you to think about that. Small group leaders, someone who wants to grow and have others uh, join them on the journey. Small group leaders also uh, see the future impact that... Uh, leading a small group can have in their lives and also uh, the lives of others. And so uh, there's an easy next step today. If you're hearing this sermon, uh, I just encourage uh, you to take uh, this next step card and uh, you find in the pew in front of you, take that out. Or if you're watching online or listening to a podcast, I encourage you to go to our church website. As Rod already said, there's a contact us button there 
on the church website. Uh, this invitation is for you as well and encourage you uh, to find that there. We just want you to, to uh, uh, say two things on that card. We need some sort of contact information, at least an email. But uh, we want you to put uh, two th- either one or two things. Help me find a group or leader training. And we'll be back in touch with you if you do that. This is what will happen. When we start groups again, we'll contact you, let you know of your options, help you find a group, uh, and, 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 and let you know the opportunities to do that. If you put leader training, we'll send you the link so you can begin training. You're not signing up to be a leader today. You're signing up to be trained and to look at that. And we'll contact you and talk to you about maybe the next step of, of starting a, a group. If you're not a believer today, this invitation is for you as well. In the same chapter, Peter, in a few verses uh, before the verses we read, wrote these words. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. The message is the same today, repent and believe. Turn away from your sin and turn to Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 reads, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I encourage you to put on your next step card or your contact form. If you're not a believer today, uh, just simply put repent and believe. So the invitation uh, and response time is simple. Take the card or or fill out the uh, form online and just uh, simply put help me find a group and we'll do that. Uh, uh, Leader training will offer that. Or if you want to know, come to know Christ as Savior and want to be uh, talk more about that, just put repent and believe. And we'll be glad to follow up with you. Let's uh, close in prayer today. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come before you today just to say uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for the example you set for us of how uh, effective groups can be in accomplishing the purposes of the church. How effective it can be in helping us to uh, uh, know one another and also be known by others. And Lord, we just ask that you uh, uh, today uh, lay upon our hearts what you'd have us to do, whether that be to find a group to be involved in, or maybe, Lord, uh, uh, test the waters of of leading a group ourselves. Lord, we just pray that you'll uh, help us to understand that today. But Lord, there might be somebody listening today who does not know Christ as Savior, and Lord, they're considering uh, the claims of Christ upon their life. Lord, uh, Peter, in this passage of Scripture, has shared the gospel today and simply repent and believe, trust Christ as Savior. And Lord, today, I pray that for those. And Lord, if there's anybody out there today who needs to uh, pray and ask uh, God's forgiveness of their sins, I pray that they do that right now. And just pray that, Lord, uh, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And Lord, come into my life, into my heart, and help me begin this path of discipleship. And Lord, we just pray that they'll pray that right now. Lord, again, we just come before you. Thank you for your spirit's presence in our worship this day. In thy name we pray. Amen.